Welcome to another episode of Philosophy. I'm your host, Justin Land, and I'm honored to have on my show today, Carrie Temple Bodley, uh, a wonderful teacher and a channel of the non-physical being or beings, Joshua. Hello. Hey, hey. Justin, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Great, thanks um, for having me. It's obvious, I mean, that for me, you should have been, yeah, this, is, this whole podcast kind of started with you. Uh, I learned a little bit about podcasting from you. You have my favorite podcast, uh, uh, Joshua Live. Uh, like Joshua Run, the round table as well, but the live is really my thing. I've listened to every episode at least twice. Uh, I just have them on repeat um, and I get always something new each and every time. Great. And, and well, I'll give you the key to podcasting. It's stick with it. Yes, uh, <laughs> and let it let the things come to you because um, yeah, that's, it's very, I feel like it's the best way of letting non-physical do the job for us. You know, it's all about inspiration. So you were inspired to, to start your podcast, same as me. Uh, how it worked for me is when Joshua came through six years ago, it was November, 2013. And I had been meditating for about three months before that. Joshua was coming through in my meditations and I was having this mental conversation with what I thought was my own you know, imagination at first. And then I started asking this presence that I felt questions and not believing it or anything, but just playing with it. And it felt very much like being on the hot seat with Abraham. And one day I just said, who is this? And they said, we are Joshua. And I said, okay, sure, right? I still didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still playing around with it, but I'm asking questions and the answers are just amazing. And then one day they said, get up and go right, right, right. This was November 15th, 2013. So I went to com my computer uh, in my office at home, closed the door, turned off the music, just sat down there and just started typing. And that first day was the introduction to the first book, which was uh, a perception of reality. That took, you know, the same thing. Every morning I got up half an hour or so, just typed whatever came to me. And the entire book was as if I was simply, uh, you know, dictating a book that someone else had written. It came out in eight weeks. So every day I didn't miss a day for those eight weeks, this 300 page book was written. And then the next day after that book was finished, the next book, Health, Wealth and Love started also eight weeks, also 300 pages, all done. And so in uh, 16 weeks, two big books. And then since then, there's been three others. So what had started that all was just this inspiration. And the inspiration was to meditate. That's all it was. And I had never meditated before that. But, you know, it was always, in fact, I was like resistant to meditation. But then I was led to listen to this interview of Jerry Seinfeld. And he meditates. And I was listening to um, something about Howard Stern and Howard Stern meditates. And then all these people, you know, that I thought were doing well in life were meditating. And so I said, okay, I'll try it. And I start, start with the Abraham meditations. And since then, Joshua's created 10 meditations. And that's all I do. I do those meditations every day. And then I get this inspiration and the inspiration has led me step by step. And once the first book was published, I sent it to Jules Johnson, who I just found online, you know, law of attraction stuff. And she said, you have to have a podcast. And so that was, you know, the round table started because back at those days, Joshua was just coming out and writing and not speaking. And so she says, you have to have a podcast. She has this podcast network. So I'm on this podcast network with the round table. Maybe that was four years ago. And so we had done at least one every week since then. And then coincidentally, she invites me to speak at the Law of Attraction cruise. And she says in that cruise, she's going to hypnotize me because she's a hypnotist and Josh is going to come out speaking. And I thought, no way, it's just going to be writing. And lo and behold, she, met, she hypnotized me and right away Joshua came out and then she helped me the first few times. And then just from there, and then we just started taking these recordings we were doing with Joshua talking to one-on-one -on -one students and putting them, you know, recording them and making that a podcast. And that podcast, both podcasts have just gone skyrocketed. 
you know. So that's the thing is just acting under inspiration. Your inspiration was to start a podcast. You're going to have a little fear about that. Anytime you receive any inspiration, fear will always pop up. You push past the fear. You do what you're inspired to do, but you're not supposed to get it right at the beginning, right? You have to become a vibrational match. So you start off doing what you're inspired to do. There's going to be wobble in there. There's going to be wobble around inviting people on, wobble around the technical stuff, how you sound, you know, internet reception. All these things are going to come up. And that, that's, those are the manifestation events. And you're going to want to quit because the manifestation events don't feel good. But what those manifestation events are doing is helping you um, move to another level of vibration. And you keep doing what you're doing and you push past fear every time. And eventually you get to this new vibration where you are now this podcaster or this whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. That's awesome because you just like uh, summarize the whole process for those not familiar with the Joshua teachings, uh, the whole idea of uh, manifestation events uh, and um, overcoming them and, and becoming a vibrational match to that version like is in this example, you know, a world famous podcaster and or whatever. And it's more about vibrationally matching up. I thought it was very cool that in some weird way, we can both thank Howard Stern though, for, you know, the, the start of this podcast and the start of your career too, right? Yeah. Well, Howard Stern was, was, was doing what we're doing now in radio in the beginning. And he had this strong inspiration to go there and start this radio show. And he had tons and tons of manifestation events in the beginning. His movie's fantastic, if you've ever seen. No, I've never seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, and so he worked his way through the wobbles, but knowing that, that this is wh what he was inspired to do. But yet he always had doubt, like we all do, like who am I to do this, mm -hmm. you know? And so he got fired a few times and you know, had to work it out. Oprah's the same way, you know. Yep. You look at Oprah. Well, you look at both of them, but look at Oprah. So Oprah starts out basically having this daytime TV uh, show like all those other things, like Maury Povich. And, and they're bringing on people and they're creating conflict and it's all about fear. And this draws a crowd of people because there are people who are in that vibration of fear and they'll tune into things like the news, for example, is perfect. People are watching the news. It's because they want to have this sense of control over that fear. And they say, I'm informed. That means I'm, I know what's going on in the world and I can, you know, it doesn't work that way, of course, but, but that fear is attractive. And so Oprah is doing a bunch of fear-based stuff. And then she shifts into doing love-based stuff giving away all those gifts, talking about inspiring people, doing inspiring things, just talking about the love side of the coin. And then from there, everything skyrockets, right? Because mm -hmm. she's tapped into that loved base energy that's totally creative and totally powerful. Well, Howard Stern found something too, but he was being very authentic in who he was. This, this guy who liked these funny things and doing these funny things and talking in this outlandish way. But yet even he was a character of himself. In order to maintain that audience, he was doing things that probably weren't resonating with him later on in life that he liked doing earlier, but he just wanted to maintain that, you know, that audience. So he was being a little bit inauthentic in that. And then eventually it led to where it led. But we want to be absolutely authentic in everything we do, which means not that it doesn't mean anything about being truthful or honest. It means you are inspired to do something. If you receive that inspiration, you are absolutely worthy and ready and capable of that inspired idea. Not the total fruition of that idea, you know, because that's too, that's too, too much. Just what can you do now? Okay, I can start a podcast. Well, I need, you know, professional sound equipment 
and I need high-speed internet, and I need lighting, and I need a backdrop, and probably I need people, the guests, to come here and be in the room with me. And then you say, no, that's all garbage. All you need is what you have. And you start there, and then things progress. And then maybe later on you buy a microphone, maybe later on you buy a light, whatever it is. You find Zoom instead of, you know, we were doing on Skype before, Zoom so much better. And we're just going with the flow, realizing that if it's fun and interesting and exciting, then we're on, you know, we're pulling it at that thread of love energy. And we're just pulling it, pulling it, pulling it, and it's getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And it's leading us step by step to every, you know, every manifestation that we truly want. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, amazing. One thing to think about though is of course that it's, we can't fit any definition in general of an occupation. It's too constraining. So whatever podcasting or speaking one's mind, because uh, like, it, it could be that this is not the thing for me, for example, if we following that this is just leading me to something else. And I always have to be open to that possibility, not get too attached to accomplishments or perceived accomplishments and just like enjoy the process of the unfolding of something I really do not ever, I will never com comprehend completely until yeah. I guess we're dead. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that you have this inspired idea to do this podcast and then you start to get people listening to it and it starts to grow and even making money from it, whatever it is, then you get attached to it. And what happens when we attach ourselves to things, we, we give it way more energy or importance than it needs. And this causes us to be inflexible because now you may have an inspiration to do something else and you think, well, I can't do this other thing because I'm busy doing the podcast, right? And the inspiration at the time you receive it is always guiding you to the next level. Yet if we're attached to things like your job, for instance, if you had a job and you say, okay, well, I have this inspiration to start a business, which so many people do, right? Yet they go, I can never do this business because I have this job. And the business really isn't the fruition of it. It's what you can do right now. You could research it. You could write a business plan. So imagine having this inspired idea for a business but you say, I could never do this business because I don't have any money. I'm in this job. I don't want to lose this job. I have this mortgage payment, this car payment, and all these things I got to pay for. And then you have this inspired idea. Well, at least write the business plan. So you're sitting there at night after work, writing this business plan. And you're like, I don't know how to write a business plan. I don't know what I'm doing. And so you have the inspired idea to research how to write a business plan. So you, you get a template or something and just start filling it in but then doubt's always gonna pop up the whole time, saying, you're wasting your time, this is never gonna happen, you could be doing something else, you know? And that doubt will never serve you, but it's always gonna be there. We just have to get really good on pushing past this irrational fear, this doubt that doesn't mean anything. Well, I guess the, I mean, the only thing that, uh, that Joshua talks about quite often and, and it's so interesting talking to you as Gary, Joshua, I see the blendedness of, of the message and um, I definitely vibrate with it. The, the idea is uh, also, I guess, that the, if we're expanding, there is always going to be a pullback for our own good because if we expand too quickly, you know, we won't be at a vibration that matches stably, I would say, to like, we know people have rocked up and gone up one hit wonders, right? Yeah. And you see the rest of life is kind of, that was the moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we, we never want to, that's not what we're here for, we're more for a stable kind of growing of inner um, self-love and uh, appreciation. And this is the ultimate, regardless of what the action is or what we're actually doing, if that's secondary to how we're feeling, and uh, this is a big message that you guys have. Well, one thing that's really interesting is we have to realize that this reality is just a feeling reality. So all we're ever doing is feeling something. And so we're either feeling good or not good. Now, we tend to believe that the conditions cause us to feel things, right? If something happens that's good, well, we say, 
that caused me to feel good. Something that happens we think is bad, well, that caused me to feel bad. No, it's actually your reaction to what's happening. And that reaction is based on your belief system. So if you are having fun with friends and you're at the beach and you watch the sunset and you're filled with the emotion of how beautiful the sunset is and how much fun you're having, that's based on this beneficial belief that this world's beautiful, that there's people you can love and who love you, all that. But if you see something that you think is bad, like getting in, you know, a, a traffic ticket and you say, why does this happen to me? Right now I'm gonna to have to pay more insurance, I'm gonna to have to go to driver school or pay this expensive ticket. And if that thing didn't happen, then I would feel better. No, it's your belief that this is happening to you and that it's wrong. So it all boils down to your perception of reality, how you choose to approach life. And you either approach it from a victim, not that, not that you're, Victim means that things can happen to you and that they're beyond your control and that there are good things and bad things and the bad things are just happen to unlucky people, right? So it's this fate kind of thing where the universe is malevolent and it's dangerous out there and you got to protect yourself and control the conditions. Or you approach life as a creator. You create your perception of reality you create your set of beliefs and you create your reaction to things that are happening in order to feel good more of the time. And if you can adjust your set of beliefs, if you can reduce the intensity of limiting beliefs, well, you won't be triggered as much or intensely. And so this allows you to maintain the state of feeling good, which is what we call alignment. You are perceiving your reality the same way your inner self is perceiving it. And in that you're receiving thoughts and feelings and ideas and inspiration based in who you authentically are, this pure positive being of love. And you're connected to the stream of source consciousness or love consciousness that has all these inspired ideas. So then you receive inspiration and a fear will always pop up. The intensity of that fear is based on your intensity of limiting beliefs. So if you think you're a loser and can't do anything and get the inspiration to do a, a new business, you're going to kill that idea because you say, I'm not worthy of this, or I could never do this, or how could I afford it, or, or, I'll, or I'll just fail, right? If you have processed those limiting beliefs and that idea comes up, you say, okay, this is just an irrational fear. It's just a doubt. Doubts are always popping up and I can push past that doubt to do the thing I can do right in front of me. So the new approach to life is choosing our perspective. So we're in alignment more often. We identify our limiting beliefs and we are receptive to inspiration that is for our highest good. We take the one step we can take on that inspired idea, let it go and wait for the next inspiration to come. Always moving through fear, always raising our vibration, always coming to a new perspective and for the sole purpose of this journey of self-discovery. So we're on a journey of self-discovery, not a journey to buy a mansion on the beach in California, not to impress anyone, not to be seen as good or right or worthy in the eyes of others, just to understand who we intrinsically are. And so everything we do in love is this true journey of self-discovery. Everything we do in fear is a journey of self-discovery also, but it's a, it's a discovery of who we're not. Either one is fine, and most people are on this journey of, of discovering who they aren't before they turn, or turn it around, adopt a new approach, and start exploring who they really are. And when you do that, that's when all your power comes through and all these feelings of satisfaction, joy, and love, and, and true abundance and true freedom. I think, I guess uh, this has been a, a great description of uh, a lot of your philosophy and your teachings and Joshua's. I think we maybe should stay, maybe take a step back and talk about the actual uh, channeling process and uh, who, for those that do not know, I mean, by this time, I think the people are listening to this are familiar with you, but maybe uh, you can talk a little bit about what what is going on exactly for the layman. Okay. Um, First of all, 
we have access to two streams of consciousness, all of us. And the, the natural stream of consciousness is this source consciousness, this love energy consciousness. This is where all new ideas exist and all new thoughts. We also have access to a stream of consciousness based in fear and lack. And these are all the thoughts that have ever been thought before. So we are tapping into streams of consciousness all the time, but don't realize it because we think thoughts are manufactured in our brain when in fact our brain is a receiver and transmitter of thought. And so when you're feeling good, you're naturally tapped into source consciousness and you're receiving ideas and thoughts that are based in love all the time. And that's channeling. So everyone can channel. Uh, it's not something that's for the chosen few. It's available to everyone, but it's like any other talent. Some people are really good at it naturally. Some people can learn how to say, play an instrument and get really proficient at it. And some people just won't be able to, you know, everyone, like everyone can sing. Some can sing easily and effortlessly and beautifully. And some people are like me who can't sing at all, but I can still sing a song and you would know that it's, that that's what I'm doing. It's just not this talent. Well, so there's a spectrum of this. Now, almost everyone can get to a place where they can write a question on a piece of paper and allow themselves to tap into, you know, this love energy, just like, like the flow. If you've ever been the flow of anything, you're tapped into that love energy. And then just write an answer and let it flow. And that's channeling. It's called automatic writing. I haven't met anyone who can't do that. So everyone can do that. Mm -hmm. Speaking it is a different thing. And I didn't think I was gonna be able to speak it. And some people who become channels just are easy to do it. And others like Esther Hicks, they were almost in a big car accident and that's when it came through Esther, you know? Well, so the car accident. yeah, well, so they were like, they, they were like driving down the highway. There were two trucks and they were caught between these two trucks and Esther had a little panic attack and um, she started, Abraham came through her just wow. full on. Jerry pulled over to the side of the road. Um, they took the next, exit and he just started with a pen and paper asking questions in the car right then. Oh. For me, it was the channeling part came before the speaking came. I was meditating. I felt a presence on the side of my jaw. It was super obvious. There was a, phys you know, there was like this non-physical presence in my, in my somehow underneath my skin and my jaw moving around very comforting, but it was obvious there's something there. So I just started talking to it. Now, this may happen to other people and they may ignore it, but I realize, you know, there's something going on here. Then what happens is let's say six months later, I'm now writing books or doing someone sends in a question and I'm channeling the answer. I set my intention and I get into the zone. I, gets, you know, just start typing and the flow of thought comes to me. So there is no gap in that flow of thought. It feels like my own thoughts because of course, all the thoughts that have ever come to me had that same vibration because it's a com combination of me and whatever the thought is. It doesn't sound like a different voice because that's probably gonna be scary if it's a different voice. But if it's a, they're coming in as thoughts, not voices anyway. And I have to translate that thought into English, which is my language. Now, if someone was French, they would take that thought or German, or if they could speak German like you can, they would take that thought and translate it into German. What's funny is some people are like Astrid, who's in Norway. She, she translates that thoughts, those thoughts normally into English. But she could translate them to Norwegian, but she doesn't. It's a funny thing. Yeah. So anyway, it comes in this form of thought. There's always doubt in the beginning. You get over that doubt eventually. It takes a while. Um, and then it's just this feeling like you know what this is. Well, you always have doubt. You know, I mean, here we are six years later, five books, thousands of questions answered, you know, maybe hundreds of channeling sessions. 
And it's all very concise in this philosophy for life that mm -hmm. I did not come up with. Before this, I was, you know, a normal guy having businesses in real estate, you know, married. It was, mm -hmm. it was, I was the most normal person you can think of. Not into anything woo woo. I followed Abraham. That was about it. And here I am. So who knows? Yeah. Now the, it's interesting how you mentioned like, uh, so for some, to explain that to somebody, the process of receiving thought that's non, maybe non-conceptual, um, you're putting it into a form of your language. That means the thought is very much associated with a feeling, correct? You're, you're more getting a rhythm. What I like to akin it to would maybe be freestyle rap to a beat. Yeah. So a just, rapper, you know, is giving Yeah, a I was beat. just talking to someone today and, and he was, who had been in the boot camp, Ari Mander, and he was saying that he had gone to see these rappers doing freestyle and noticing how they were receiving these words like right at the moment about what was happening in the room. You know, mm -hmm. nothing prepared, no. just the flow of thought and it's coming out brilliantly. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in sports and you can see it obviously in music. It's songs, mm -hmm. all these songs that are brilliant are channeled. Every book that's ever been written is channeled to some extent, you know, some obviously channeled and some, you know, you hear doctors who are talking to patients and they are saying things that they don't know where did this come from? You know, these brilliant things that are coming. It's like when you, even this, this conversation between you and me is a spiritual connection. We both set our intentions prior to this. There's no agenda that we have here. We don't have a list of topics. We don't have any, it's totally freestyle. Right. And so I'm receiving thoughts right now of what to talk about in a clear and concise way. There's not a lot of ums and ahs and buts, right? Oh. It's coming in clearly, same with you. Because whether this goes out to a million people or one people, one person, it's this flow in the moment between you and I. And that's super powerful, creative, and effective. It is. It's just when the ego jumps in and wants to protect itself and questions where these thoughts come from, that's when this, things get a bit jumbled and the message becomes unclear. The freestyle rap is an interesting example because they do express things that people would call, say negative. Um, they would, you know, about women and having lots of money. And not, but it's... But the, I can imagine that what you're doing is freestyle rap, but on, only kind of positive. <laughs> it's not, it, and that's why I was wondering if it has some sort of, I mean, beat to it that's 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 coming to you, or, or if there's some sort of, is it akin a bit to musical inspiration? Because like Bob Dylan, for example, he would receive the the words first, text, and then the beat. But some people, I think they they they're singer songwriters. They they get the beat first. And then the, it's yeah. kind of interesting. There's something going on there that's akin to this, uh, what you're doing, but they're, what they're doing is, I guess, packaging it uh, for also consumption for the masses, even though it's not intended. So your message is obviously beautiful and it's uh, very profound and deep and, uh, and elaborate. Whereas a song by Bob Dylan, for example, may contain obviously this message of love and, and, and his dealings, but he also have like the, the conflict in himself and that comes out. And, um, but it, there's something very much parallel to both creative processes, I think. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So this is, I think, why bands have brilliant first albums and very few of them can have brilliant second albums is because they've allowed themselves to write these, this music purely on inspiration. And they didn't have any attachment to any outcome. They were just absolutely into what they were doing. Then that album becomes successful and now they have to, this fear that they're gonna lose this momentum of the success if they don't come up with an equally brilliant album. And so now they're efforting and struggling to try and get something they think they want rather than allowing the free flow of inspiration to come forward. Now this happens because we have an attachment to an outcome. And so we also have an attachment to how we're perceived. For instance, if I had said, 
that I wrote this all myself, Gary Bodley wrote it, right? I would be worried about what people perceive of me in that, who are you to write this and all that stuff. Since it was an entity outside of myself, I just let it go and just gave it forth and, and saw what people thought and had no, much less um, the, what the writings were about. Now I had a lot of fear around coming out as a channel because I thought it was weird at first. It took me six years to get totally comfortable where I can tell anybody I'm a channel. In the beginning, I could only tell my very, very closest friends. And then I, the community grew and grew and grew and grew. And so I was comfortable in the community, but still didn't tell most of my friends. And then I had to tell my family members one by one and let chips fall where they may. And then only this year did I start posting Joshua stuff on my personal Facebook page. So it took this evolution of getting comfortable with the channel part. With the message part, I was always comfortable with from the beginning because I realized what it was. Yeah, you can't deny it. I mean, anybody, I just interject because, uh, like I mentioned, I, I can rehear the podcast and find in every sentence new interpretations, new understandings. And that's my training as I studied philosophy. And we would just like go through one paragraph, a whole session or a whole seminar, and there's so much locked in there. And I find that with your writings, the contrast being that you don't come from academia, you weren't trained uh, to for this. I mean, is that you're, you're obviously very intellectual, but um, you're a businessman. Yeah. And and the the there's such a like these are so every sentence is precise, and there's an argument being built, and and you don't contradict yourself, even expert academics are contradicting themselves all the time and they're always referring to something else they're always looking for another research paper or something to to back it up right whereas you just this doesn't come from research papers right. <laughs> it's obvious it's not through a, a library yeah and it's completely new it's a lot of new um, terms and a new philosophy yet it's absolutely consistent with everything abraham and really every other channel. There's no inconsistencies in any of it. This is just a much more specific iteration of it. Whereas most people are very comfortable in the Abraham communications because it's softer and more general. And then Joshua gets more specific where, you know, Joshua has said an article, everyone goes to heaven, including Hitler, you know? Now, Abraham's never going to say that because it's controversial, but this idea that only good people go to heaven and bad people, well, this is our duality, and Joshua's trying to bring us out of this duality, see that there is nothing inherently good or bad, that this is all a perspective thing. And I'll go even a step further that's even more controversial, but just in one of the Joshua lives recently, um, people were comparing, you know, talking about Jesus, and and Joshua, at the end of this said, think about the impact or the uh, what happened after Jesus came. Well, religion was created, and then all the suffering that was involved with religion and persecution over the course of centuries, and think about the um, legacy of Hitler. Well, it was a complete and completely, um, we sort of eradicated this idea that a race is inferior and that you could build a super race and that nationalism, you know, was a good thing. And so there was a lot of love that came as a result of the horrors of the Holocaust. And there was a lot of fear that came as a result of the love life of, you know, the love that was brought forth by Jesus. You know, so there's a lot of good and, and, you know, what you would say not so good in all of it. And you can take from whatever you want, what resonates with love and leave the rest to everyone else because that's not it's our so business. Obvious. It's yeah. so obvious because the message of love is in all of these doctrines or religions somewhere. And that's how they got people, to be honest. I mean, the, the other baggage that was put on is, is obviously control and right. 
it, you can you can see all the rulemaking and follow these signs and do this and do that. I mean, Jesus wasn't following any rules. I mean, <laughs> he was exactly. making his own rules. I mean, yeah, it, and that's why people came to him. Um, and you know, it's Buddha. All these guys—they're doing very similar. There's no one that was better than. Um, and it's an awesome. Um, thing that see that our history has prepared us for this culmination right where we're, I'm ready and you're ready because in, in some small part because of religion and because of we were it is a, a nice attempt to explain something but this is the next evolution to what spirit is that we're never separate from spirit and there's no better than or bigger than it's very, very egalitarian yes um, and this is a message that I don't know which religions really preach absolute egalitarianism. There's always like somebody's doing better or worse or evil or good. Well, if you look at a religion, a religion has to increase its membership. And so the only way it can do that is by saying we're good and everyone else is bad. You That's know? the first, first judgment right. there, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's just a, just is a way that you can control the growth of any religion. What I, what's really happening now, this is a time of awakening. And we're transforming a shift into a complete new awareness of who we are, of what rules and control is all about and based in fear, what love really is, that we're equal to all. And we're gonna stop um, following leaders idyllically, right? We're not gonna make anyone else. And I don't care if you're talking about the leader of a country, the leader of a movement or a spiritual leader. There's not going to be one. There's going to be thousands and thousands equally yes. distributed. And yep. that each one is going to resonate with a certain group for a certain time. And what we really want is people to, maybe they come to Abraham, then they find Joshua, and then they'll find something else. And so they're on this spiritual um, journey and education, and they're going to take something from each one and get to a greater awareness of who they truly are. Instead of following blindly one person saying this person has all the answers, mm. you know, because that's, you wouldn't go to university and just study under one professor for the whole time. You want a well-rounded education with a lot of different teachers. And so I think we, we were talking about how Bitcoin is this decentralized network of nodes. It'll be like that. It'll be people listening to your podcast, people listening to Joshua, people listening to Astrid, people listening to David Strickle or anyone, right? They'll just find these people. And then that will help them move their vibration up a bit till they're ready for the next one. I, actually, uh, this is an interesting point maybe to ask if it would be possible to ask one question of Joshua to, to uh, I know, I don't, it feels a bit awkward asking you to, because I don't know if it is a doing that you're doing or you're being, so there's yeah, no- Yeah, so I'll have to prepare myself, takes about okay. a minute, and okay. then you'll go on, just have a conversation, you know? Okay. So, so what we could probably do is just do the next few minutes with Joshua, and then we'll go on. So let, right. me, let me get Joshua here. So what I do is I close my eyes, I breathe deeply. I imagine myself, this is, this is evolved, but what I do now is I imagine myself like this body of light in space. And that this light from all corners of the universe swirls around and I'm gathering all the entities or all the, see each of us have our millions of guides and supporters. And so you and I have our millions of guides and supporters. So they'll come in with Joshua, plus anyone who will ever listen to this program from now until forever, yeah. their millions will come in as well. And this will be attracting those people. So if you're listening to it now, your, your millions are with me in this time. And so I see this light swirling around my body. It goes in through my top of the crown of my head and my heart at the same time. And then I set my intentions. I tend to be clear, release my ego, have fun, enjoy this process, um, bring forth really powerful things to say or 
messages. And, um, and then I say, so I'm ready whenever you make me giggle. Like I had this incredible feeling of giggling, then I'll start. And then they all start the same way where they say, we are thrilled to be here. Awesome. So let me get them right now. <clears throat> here I go. We are thrilled to be here. Hello, Joshua. We congratulate you on pushing past fear to do Thank this you. amazing thing you're inspired to do, to create something from a non-physical idea into a physical reality, not for the purpose of fame and fortune, not for the purpose of making yourself seem worthy or being congratulated by others, but for the purpose of the excitement, the ideas that flow, the curiosity that you have, and the exploration of who you truly are. And so with that, we would like to talk to you about anything you'd like to talk about. Nothing's off limit. Where would you like to start? Thank you. Um, yeah, I would like to start a bit off, uh, as I've listened to a lot of your, like I said, two times to every episode. Uh, I, there's one topic that hasn't come up a lot. Um, that's AI, artificial intelligence. It seems, I, I actually heard Bashar say this morning, um, another channel, that AI um, has to be understood as an expansion of consciousness and it will be a way that we can communicate better with our higher self. Um, this terminology maybe is a bit different than you would use, but I was wondering what you think about that, Joshua. We would say that everything that you do in love is a way of creating an even stronger connection to your inner self. And in that connection to the source consciousness coming through your inner self, you are living a life of love. Now, a life of love is not a life going around hugging and kissing everyone. It's a life of perceiving that things are good, that you're using the same perspective as your inner self is using to view your life and the lives of everyone around you and the conditions that exist around you and the world around you. And so as you strengthen this con connection to source energy, you become powerful creators. You create all sorts of technologies and all of the technologies you have created have generally been for the absolute benefit of all mankind. And there's been a little wobble in everything you've created. And over time, those wobbles get ironed out. And in the moment you might say, oh, you've created plastics and how wonderful plastics is, how much easier life is with all these plastics but there's the side effect of the oceans and the sea turtles and the marine life and everyone's being affected by too much plastics and this accumulating here in the landfills and there in the oceans. And you see this as a problem. And in seeing it as a problem, you disconnect from the connection that brought forth the invention in the first place. Because a new invention is gonna be created. Someone's going to come into an alignment in joy and love, not in fear and control, not saying, this is a bad thing and it's a problem and we need to fix the problem. They come in saying, I would love to find a solution to this or something that would benefit mankind. And in that they become the path of least resistance to inspired ideas. And these inspired ideas are coming to thousands and thousands of people at the same time. And most people who are receiving inspired is saying, I'm insignificant and can't do anything about it. And one or two are saying, this is a brilliant idea. I'm going to dedicate my time to investigating this further. And they do the one step and another step comes to them, another step comes to them. And eventually they'll have an idea that will be of benefit to humanity. Now in AI, obviously in AI, you from your perspective now can see the great benefit of AI. And there's wobble in AI as well displacement of jobs, possible creations run amok. Yet you will never ever face a problem that is too difficult to handle. Someone will always be receptive to the idea and be able to act on that idea. And certainly you're free to have a little fear. You're free to be cautious. You're free to say bad things could happen from this and there's nothing wrong with that at all. 
and you can think of different steps and you can be inspired to desires to ensure safeguards here and there. But eventually it will enable technologies that you can't even conceive of now that will bring about a new level of awareness of the energy of love and the fact that each and every individual is powerful. Now, we won't go into too much detail here, but if you are living on the planet now, and if you are saying that artificial intelligence is going to rob all these people of all these jobs, you are looking at it from a limited perspective. If you can say artificial intelligence is going to free people from the limitations incurred by all these jobs that are not intrinsically necessary nor joyful, then you're looking at it from a higher perspective. If you say, what will all these people do without jobs? You're looking at it from a limited perspective. If you say, I wonder what amazing things people will be inspired to do now that they don't have the constraints and limitations of these jobs they did not like, then you're looking at it from a higher perspective, you see. There is no wrong in anything. There is only the illusion of wrong, the illusion of something bad could happen in the future if X, Y, and Z were to happen. This is a unempowering use of your imagination. You could actually use your imagination in an empowering way. Yet people will say, oh, you're being foolhardy. You're not looking at the reality of the situation. And yet we say you are looking at the reality of the situation because the reality will always be based in love. If you look at your history, you can see that every technology enabled a better life and a better life and a better life and a better life. And here you find yourselves now living at this moment at this time in history, in the year of 2020, in the most freedom, the most abundance, the most possibilities ever imaginable. If you're paying attention to what is perceived as wrong, you're doing so from a state of fear. The fear does not apply to you. Your life in this moment, as you're listening to this, in this moment, not tomorrow, the next day, the past years ago, in this moment, everything is right. You're only ever living in the moment anyway, and you will notice that everything is always right in the moment. If you can accept that everything's always right in the moment, you can accept that everything was always right in every other past moment that's ever existed because it brought you here now. And if you understand that everything was always right in every past moment, everything's right in the present, you can also know that everything will always be right in the moment going forward. As long as you choose a perspective, that aligns with how your inner self is seeing everything. That's amazing. Uh, I guess part of it is I can, like for instance, quantum computers, okay? So this is a high concept idea, but I, for instance, I'm not, I, I have at least, because I understand the, the teachings that you teach, I can conceive how consciousness, higher consciousness and ideas can, can breathe through that. I, cannot, I don't have the technical know-how of how to build one, but I'm wondering that, that there has to be some sort of jump in the technical like permission slips, you know, because it feels like with our mobile phones, there was a big jump and it doesn't make sense even now to, many, to myself how we can be talking at the same time and, and Gary's body is located in uh, North Carolina, I'm here in Leipzig, and the stream is basically one-to-one. -one. That is going through space and uh, through walls and through uh, little kids and dogs and trees uh, and comes in a pure form like this. So um, yeah, I wonder what your thoughts are about this. As you get comfortable with this idea that everything is possible and the only thing that's ever limiting you are your beliefs. The belief says this can't happen. This isn't possible. Those are limiting beliefs. They're not wrong beliefs. There are no right or wrong beliefs. They're simply either limiting or empowering. As you personally open up your set of beliefs to the belief that everything is possible, not just for other people or the planet or the universe, but everything is possible for you. You are an aspect of source living a physical experience, but you are source. You cannot be removed from source. You can perceive you're an individual 
unworthy of this or that or limited in this way or that way or abundant in this way or that way or not abundant in this way or that way or focusing on lack. Yet you are the essence of source. You are source plus limiting beliefs. And the limiting beliefs limit you to the experience that conforms to your belief system. If you are pure source, living a physical existence, then you would not have limiting beliefs. And so anything would be possible. However, physical reality would have no point because the point is to discover your true power step by step by step by step as far as you get. You will always have limiting beliefs because once you've adopted a limiting belief, you cannot remove it. It's an attractive universe. Everything that comes to you stays with you, but you can reduce the intensity of those limiting beliefs. And as you do, what, in whatever area you're doing it in, you will unlock intelligence, information, thoughts, ideas, inspiration, in direct proportion to how much you've reduced the intensity of a certain limiting belief in whatever area. And this could be romantically, health-wise, professionally, have to do with abundance, with freedom, wherever you are you can see a new perspective of yourself by attaining this softening of a limiting belief. And so it is not for you to invent a quantum computer because this is not the greatest passion in your life. But where the passions in your life are, are where you are moving around with the energy and allowing in inspiration while simultaneously dealing with the doubt that will pop up. So if you're interested in music and you're a musician, you might say, I'm not good enough as a guitar player or a singer or whatever. And so what comes to you is limited. It's exactly equal to what you are able to do, you see. And if you said, I am the greatest musician in the history of the world, then you would have a free flow of inspiring music coming to you. Yet even in that environment, you may say, I am the greatest musician that's ever lived in the world, yet I'm no good at relationships, or I'm no good with money. And you see these artists who have amazing careers, amazing music, and have all these difficulties around career and money. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You see? And so if you can create this well-rounded, belief system in all areas of your life, seeing yourself in the higher perspective, wherever that is, then whatever idea comes to you is for you. Now, it may not be what you want to come because what you want to come could be based in some lack and you want to solve the problem of your lack. And so you're hoping for this idea that will prove you're worthy to come. The ideas that do come resonate with how you see yourself now, the perspective you hold on yourself in relation to what area, ever area of your life you're talking about and how worthy you see in every area. So if you want inspiration to flow in every area, see yourself as worthy in every area. See yourself from the higher perspective. See yourself as source, incarnate, equal to all others, not superior to any nor inferior to any, equal. You can do, be, and have anything you want to do not what anyone else wants to do, what you want to do. And what you want is either based on the pre-birth intentions you set prior to your birth that resonate with who you truly are being of love, or they're based in lack established from limiting beliefs that you've adopted along the way. Both desires can manifest. You can be, have, and do anything you think you want as well as anything you truly want. And the universe is always guiding you to all of these things. And you are always receiving inspiration. Many, 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 many inspiring thoughts every day. And you're acting on a small percentage of them and you're rejecting a large percentage of them. If you want to live the full, abundant, free life you intended to live, drop your need for anything specific to happen and just go with the flow of inspiration. Just uh, maybe one more question to... Um... Gary and I discussed the idea of freestyle rap <clears throat> and um, how one is given a beat and then one goes with the flow. And I'm wondering, I asked Gary if, if 
what he's doing is in a sense, is he, become, is he receiving something that's akin to a beat of music? And is he putting his own verbal vo uh, vocalization and words and conceptualization on top of that track? Can we, is that he's receiving a consistently flowing stream of consciousness that is coming to him at the rate that he can transfer thoughts into words also at a rate that you can understand at a rate not just that you can understand but that everyone who's listening to this recording can understand and so you might notice that this flow of thought is coming out at a certain speed because your listeners are prepared at a certain speed yes. if you were in a boot camp joshua live call for students who are well versed in this idea, these thoughts, this, this information, it comes out much quicker. He can receive and transmit thought very quickly. In writing, he can do it very, very quickly. In speaking, he can do it very quickly. We slow it down a bit depending on the audience. Now, a musician will receive either the beats or the lyrics or both based on how quickly they will allow it to come to them because it's just them. It's them in a room writing this down with a guitar at a speed they can do it. And sometimes they'll get just the hook of an idea. Now that hook of an idea will cause an excitement in them, maybe just one verse. And that will allow them to get into a state where the flow goes through. And so some musicians will be able to write an entire song in a few minutes. And some of the greatest songs that have ever been written have been written in just a few minutes. And others believe that they must effort and struggle to make something perfect. And it will, they, they limit the flow based on this. So if you perceive that everything has to be perfect, the flow will be limited. Why would you perceive that? Because you are attaching your value to whatever you're creating. And you say, in order for me to put my name on it, to stand behind it as my own, it must be perfect. Otherwise I will be judged and diminished in my perception of myself. Those who do not care what others think allow the flow to come. And many people use a device. One person might just write the lyrics, Bernie Toppin. One person might write the music, Elton John, and they come together. Now, the musician may criticize the lyricist's lyrics, and the lyricist might criticize the musician, musician's music. And this is throwing fear into the mix and causing the flow to be limited. If you want the flow, you must understand that you are worthy of everything, every idea that comes to you, that you are capable of taking the first step on everything, that it will never mean anything about you because you are a limitless being. And if you're a limitless being, you are beyond definition. Source is limitless and source is beyond definition. Source does not care what you think of source because source has no limiting beliefs about that. You care what people think about you because you are trying to be good and to be accepted and to be loved and liked and appreciated and respected. If you could give up your need for any of this, then you could allow these ideas to come. And whatever ideas did come were for you in that moment. The timing is always divine. It's always based in your vibration at that moment. And at that moment, you're a vibrational match to certain ideas. And if that idea comes to you, it is the perfect timing to take the one step, not to think years ahead, just to think about what you can do right now. Pushing past fear to do what you can do. So easy. It's amazing, Joshua. I'm very thankful. Um, and uh, keep doing the job you're doing. I know you do it with love. It's not a job to us. <laughs> we don't punch a clock. There is yeah. no paychecks. We no. are here to... Bring forth an idea of a new approach to life to those who are ready for it. And if you are ready for it, you are listening to this now. And if you're not ready for it, you could never find your way to this conversation. It would not be possible.
And so those of you who are listening to this, you are ready to approach life in love and acceptance rather than in fear and control. You've been programmed to fear and control. You've been programmed to perceive yourself as a victim. You've been programmed to make sure bad things don't happen to you or the ones you love. And you've been avoiding the inspiration that will lead you to a life of love and acceptance. But somehow you've been inspired to come to this conversation and listen to what we have to say and accept some of it. How did that happen? Because your pre-birth intention was to learn more about the lives of the universe, to expand the idea of who you truly are and come into your full power as a sentient, sovereign human who is the center of your own universe, an aspect of source with the full capability of creating any life you desire. And so it is a joy for us to come in. It's a joy for us always. It is only by your asking that we can come through anyway. And so we appreciate you for your asking. And with that, we are complete. Wow, thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Gary. See how easy that is? Yeah. Piece of cake, yeah. Piece of cake. Uh, <laughs> he always, it's always, it's not that what you expect. And he, um, I say he, it, it's easier to say he, but yeah. uh, takes it from the positive, general. You're, and you, when you're channeling, I'm like, you're, like, you're probably even thinking, where in the world is he going? I asked about AI and he starts, not with AI, it goes, but then it shows it is, of course, an answer to the question. I mean, it's yeah. obvious that, yeah, yeah, amazing. It's interesting, too, because it has to start in a way that allows people to vibrationally get on board. So it starts general, and then it goes a little more specific, and then you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Whereas, whereas if you were to start somewhere else, so they're always trying, you know, always ma- managing to get people on board. What's interesting if in the uh, Joshua Live calls is that they come out with this preamble, you know, this mm-hmm. five-minute talk about whatever, and then people are inspired to ask questions and always relates back to that talk. And then it goes around, I visualize this circle from one person to the next person, and it comes all the way back to that preamble. How does that happen? You know? It's quantum. It's yeah, quantum, I it's guess. It's totally right? quantum. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, the only way to explain this is there is no time, there is no space. And we, we're just trying to, we're try, I guess we're trying to accept this reality and still play as if the old rules. The, yeah, I mean, we have to make sense. Yeah, yeah, we got to make sense of it in, you know, I mean, I still have a mortgage to pay and I have a house to maintain and car payments and insurance yes. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yet that doesn't have the importance it used to have. It's just taken care of, right? No big yes. deal. And like, oh, I got to pay my mortgage off. Oh my God, I can't believe I have to pay this much every month. I got to get the one thing I have to do is pay that mortgage off. No, whatever. Money flows, money flow, money flow, it doesn't yes. matter. And I'm just focused on doing what I can do. So here we have, we have a call scheduled, present fully in this call, and then this will lead to something else. Who knows, it's creating maybe for my benefit, maybe for your benefit, maybe for the benefit of people we'll never meet, you yes. know? Yep. And that's, but, but because this thing we're creating, this conversation that's being recorded, mm. w- this is creating something new that's never happened before. It is. Yeah. And that's why we're here, to create the new. And we know that in the creation of the new, being fully present to this present moment, that this will be of benefit for all that is, which includes us, obviously. So it's fun. Do it. That's why we're awesome. here. Yep. No, I'm, I'm uh, so I want to once again say thank you, Gary. Um, I will we'll have a link to all of your information below. And highly recommend I'm part of the boot camp You're In For Life, which is a very cool thing. And uh, the, the podcast um, is on all the, I guess, channels. Uh, yep. You pick whatever you wish. And uh, I encourage anybody who's listening to this to you know, start with the round table or the live, whatever appeals to you. And 
and go. It's quite a ride. Awesome. It has been great being here. I'm so glad I'm a part of this right at the beginning too. Yes, it's very rough at the moment, but uh, it'll turn into something else. I have no idea. Yeah, we don't. It is what it is, and people, you know, I think about in I was really into music in high school, so I'm in in the '80s, and there was total crap on the radio station. You know, stuff that I was not. I was, you know, I loved Elvis Costello and Billy Bragg and the Jam and all these bands that I couldn't get. And there was this little radio station called, it was a high school, Piper High School radio station. And on Sundays, they had these, this guy played all this great music, the Smiths and Clash and all these bands. And I had to go, I was working, you know, at my dad's office at the time. So Sunday mornings, I would drive out to my dad's office because it was the only place you could get this radio station. And I listened to it and it was scratchy and everything, but I loved it, you know? And I don't even, you know, I, I have to think that it was scratchy back then and out of, you know, it was keeping going in and out. But when you're interested in something, it doesn't matter. Yes, People are going to hear it, you know, and they're yeah. going to be, I don't care about it being perfect. That whole idea of perfection was only done by the, you know, big institutions, you yeah. know, and all that. And, you know, Billie Eilish. Yes, of course. Great singer. She wrote and produced and created everything in her bedroom. Yeah, it's so unique too. Yeah, it's yeah. A, and, with her and, brother. Uh, with her brother, and yeah. it's like that's the 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 whole SoundCloud, uh, YouTube generation is like you don't have to go through production companies. Yeah, it's it's like it is it is a non physical idea that's had has its day now, and where this is going is um, mainstream news gone. Yep. Um, these, they're not relevant. My kids are not interested in normal TV shows. They're watching YouTube. Yeah, um, I'm watching YouTube now. Me too. I spend <laughs> most of the time, my time watching YouTube. I really, rarely watch anything else. And, 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 you know, then there's like Netflix and Amazon that have some shows on that are great. But, I'm, but you know, I never watch network shows because, because they're constrained, you know, yes, no sex, no swearing. Uh, they come on a certain time. There's full of commercials. It's no ridiculous. That's, that's all going away. You know, it's not authentic. It's not authentic. It's not authentic. It doesn't fit with the new age. The new age right. of thought is all about authenticity. The little kid in his basement who doesn't think about money is going to become a millionaire because uh, he's being authentic. Absolutely. And that's, and that's making people crazy upstairs. And the big bureau, you know, the, these big media companies, because yep. they want they want the secret sauce. Yeah, they were wishing for the old days. Yep. Yes, it's not going to happen. I'm very excited, uh, and I can only once again encourage anybody watching this to go to your website uh, if they can contact you about the boot camp. A great investment it is for life, and it's uh, affected me in so many ways that I still be getting come to grips with, and I'm very thankful. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Justin. All right. You have a wonderful rest of the or weekend now. And I'll is, is, catch up with you. What does time later. matter? Does it matter? matter?